Welcome to the Community for Coaches podcast, where we help coaches intentionally and effectively use sports to transform lives. I am your host, Alec Lemon, and today I have Quinn McDowell on the podcast once again. This is going to be part two of our series that we're doing with Quinn, and in this episode, we're going to focus more on Quinn's book, um, The Purpose Driven Leader. So really excited about it, and let's jump in. All right. Well, I'm here with Quinn McDowell again for our part two of this series with him. So uh, if you didn't listen to, to part one, go back and listen to it. Um, he did a great job. We kind of got to hear more of his story and, and how he got into coaching and stuff. And so this episode is going to be more about um, kind of the book he's written and kind of the leadership stuff that he has developed. That's some really great stuff. So I'm excited. So Quinn, can you jump in a little bit and just kind of give us maybe a short little overview of what, what brought on kind of this project to, to do this book and create content? For leadership yeah um so this you know this project in particular is something that uh, has probably had had some roots uh, going all the way back into college as a religious studies major you know my wife makes fun of me because she was a business major and um doing all super practical uh stuff that can make you money and i was just reading books and thinking about ideas um mm-hmm. And, but that was just kind of how I wired, I was wired. It was where my curiosity was directed towards. And I continued kind of that pattern of, of reading, of writing, of educating myself as in my time overseas as a player. And then um, really, I've just, I I have this, um, I have this desire to try and pull out common threads, um, principles, uh, and and really tie them together into systems that can help people in their leadership and help people uh, you know in their life uh, and, and in their development. Um, so the purpose driven leader is really it focuses on kind of that uh, that self leadership piece because um, if you can't lead yourself, uh, then you're never going to be able to lead anybody else. And mm-hmm. so in order to know uh, you have to, in order to lead, you have to know what you believe and why you believe it. And if you can't lead yourself and you can't lead others. And if you don't have clarity and conviction around why you believe what you believe and how that is actually applied in your day-to-day life, then you're going to feel aimless, uh, directionless. You're going to feel overwhelmed. Um, and not to say that those emotions won't, you won't ever have those, but if you have an organizing system of belief, you'll be a lot better off uh, over the long yeah. run. Yeah. I, I so much agree with you <laughs> that basically like what I experience in working with coaches is that coaches oftentimes are, it's like they're collecting scraps mm-hmm. of ideas from a lot of different places and they're taking, they're stealing, you know, coaches are notorious for stealing, right? They're stealing good ideas from other places, but, if you don't know how to integrate it into kind of a house or a holistic framework or some kind of structure, all you have is just a big pile of scraps. You know what I mean? You don't have like a consistent um, philosophy that kind of strategically fits in these um, things from different places. And to some extent, when I look at your content, it, it looks like 
you're taking a lot of different books, a lot of different writers, a lot of different people, and you're saying, okay, how do we actually build a solid worldview, philosophy, leadership structure? Um, and I think that's something that's just so needed in our culture because we have access to insane, an insane amount of information, right? We have so much information and yet we can't seem to make sense of it. You know, um, we can't seem to create um, consistent logical thinking, you know? So what would you say um, kind of about your process? Do you think it is something that helps coaches kind of get to that place of a little more clarity and, and, and how do you do that? You know, like how does your work actually maybe do that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that you touched on the key word and this is something that uh, I'm continuing to learn more and more about, but the idea of a system mm. um, system, I think can get a, a bad rap uh, or, or, or have a negative connotation, okay. especially in the world of, coaching at times because it it feels constrictive right hmm. um and and a system you say well uh he's only a system player and <laughs> the reason i bring that up is because that's what i was i was a clearly a system player because i really only had a, a very uh, unique set of skills that was only going to be um only was going to be successful in a very specific environment uh, and, and that's one of the reasons why I was able to have a good career is because of the system that I played mm. in matched my abilities. And so uh, I, I wholeheartedly believe that systems are about giving you more freedom, not less. And that really um, the paradoxical, paradoxical idea that um, systems free you up to be more of who you were created to be rather than constricting your own personal identity or freedom. And si all systems are, are an interconnected set of elements that are arranged in a certain way to achieve uh, a specific outcome or, or objective. And so it's just an organization of what you believe, why you believe it, and how it's applied in your life that can really um, allow you to uh, it can give you great confidence and it can give you great clarity because it's something that you'll return to time and time again. You know, I can say, you know, in, even in my own life, um, one of the things that, uh, you know, that I uh, return to time and time again is this idea of, of a purpose pyramid, um, which kind of houses, um, you know, is, is housed within what I would call my identity document. Um, and it just, it just contains all of the most important things that I want to say I, I believe in, uh, that I want to say I want to be about, and that, I wanna, and that I want to be applied in my actions every single day. And if you're able to develop that system and you take the time to actually work through and make it your own, then you're going to be able to lead with just exponentially more clarity, conviction, and confidence um, you know, it, it, with your team, with your family, um, you know, really, really in any area of your life in which you're interacting with people, because you'll know what you believe and why you believe it. And it's you've done the work. So that's the important thing is that like you mentioned earlier, we, you know, coaches and, you know, really anybody who creates things love to steal and like, listen, I'm, I'm right up there on the top of the list. I 
I've never had an original thought in my life. Okay. Uh, you know, yeah. but, but what I do think is unique and original is the way in which you take disparate elements or piece of this, a piece of that, and you put it all into a structure, you put it into kind of one cohesive unit, and then you help somebody walk through the different elements of that system, the different steps in that process, so that ultimately they can gain clarity for themselves. Because if it doesn't come from you, then you're not going to follow through on it. If it's just somebody else's idea or somebody else's belief or somebody or the way somebody else does something, then when it gets, then when the going gets tough or, 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 or when you got, when you come to a crossroad, you got to make decision A or B, you know, you're not going to follow through with what you actually which what you say you believe unless you've done the work ahead of time to really clarify that that is what you, that's yeah. really what you hold to be true. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, you can kind of feel like um, by taking other people's ideas, you're no longer being authentic. You're no longer being original, but a truth, if you're living in alignment with truth and then it's being expressed through your unique life experiences and your your unique leadership position you're in and your unique context it's incredibly authentic it has to be um, and it will be unique from everyone else's kind of thing you know um, because you have a unique context that you're living out that truth that you've kind of understood and then integrated into yourself and then now you're you're living it out through your coaching that's I think that's very it's going to end up being original in a lot of ways you know I think it was Tim Keller who said when artists try to be original they end up I'm butchering it but he basically said when artists try to be original they end up a lot of times looking like everybody else when they try to just tell the truth they end up being original they just try to say the truth when they try to you know say something in a true way it feels original because it's a mixture of um they can't take their own unique experience and perspective out of it completely, but they're trying to be in alignment with truth, with true things. And so it comes out in really a lot of times a unique way because it can't not come out in somewhat of a unique way because it's their unique life, you know? Absolutely. So. I mean, if you, if you study, uh, you know, if you study ancient philosophy, if you study, mm -hmm. You know, if you study the Bible, which is, uh, you know, where I try to base a lot of my thinking, if you study, you know, people that are were way smarter than either you or I, um, you know, writing thousands of years ago, you'll find out pretty quick that like most of what we like come up with today is there's no original ideas, like right. for the most part, mm -hmm. right? It's just, it's, it becomes about the synthesis and um, the... Uh, the building of a system that it used the word authentic. Um, authentic really is just a, an alignment of the things you believe, the truths that you hold to be, you know, most important, the principles that you believe govern your life and existence in general, and then how that actually plays out in your life. And when those things are aligned, you know, then you can say that you're authentic. But if, if it's somebody else's beliefs and then the application of those beliefs, you know, you take from over here and then when it comes down to it and you get, you, you're thrown into the fire, you're not going to know which way is up because you haven't done the work ahead of time to really understand yourself at that level. 
Um, yeah. and, and there's nobody else that can do that work for you. You have to do the work. Oh, you're so right. You can't, you can't even just read a book and then immediately have an authentic philosophy. Like you still have to do the, the, the digging into your own story and understanding how to apply that in your own context in your own life. And that, that takes real work, you know, otherwise it's just knowledge, you know, and knowledge isn't enough to, to actually build a consistent worldview, you know, absolutely, absolutely. Um, or philosophy. So. There's, I, I like to try, there's certain things that just grab my attention. I think it always, it does come from this idea that, like, how do you build things, right? Mm. Going back to like the systems, like how do you build yeah. things? How are the most creative people? Like, where do they get their ideas and their philosophies from? And so I'll, there'll be times when I'll, I'll try to get totally out of the realm of athletics and basketball. And one of the, one of the things um, that I, I really love to watch, I forget the exact name of it, but it's on Netflix or one of those streaming services. And it talks about these, the, the top chefs throughout the entire world and like, you know, people that are whatever it might be top hundred restaurants in the right. world. And how did they distinguish themselves from everybody else? And it's exactly what you're talking about. They took elements from their past, from their experiences. Um, they took the old, they took what was true about who they were maybe as a child or growing up or some of their life experiences. And they blended those experiences, those beliefs with, with their skill that they worked on their craft yeah. and they created this new identity or product that was uniquely theirs. Um, and I just don't, and you, you're right. You just don't get to that point unless you actually go through the difficult process of, of, of trying to figure out, man, what does this mean to me? Um, and how does it serve others? Yeah. You have a, you have a quote kind of from your slides. So you say, do the world a favor, unleash the impact of your uniqueness on those around you. Mm -hmm. um, kind of sounds like that's sort of what we're talking about, but can you explain that a little more? Yeah, so I mean, really purpose when it comes down to it um, is it, it becomes, uh, there's a really fine distinction when we talk about purpose because the idea of, of the ideas of passion and purpose um, can very easily be misconstrued. You know, they're, they're fairly um, prominent in our culture. I would say, especially in the last five to 10 years, these terms and these ideas have become more popular. You just Google online. There's just a million stuff, you know, there's a million things that deal with this stuff. Yeah. It can easily be misconstrued that purpose is about me. It's mm. about me finding what is going to make me happy and lead to a life that I want and that I can, you know, do X, Y, and Z and that this and that and the other. And really purpose is a byproduct, in my opinion, of finding um, who is it that my purpose is going to serve. Purpose is about becoming a means to an end for someone else. So, because purpose isn't able to exist unless you figure out what is that purpose directed towards and who is it direct and like, who is it for? Who am I serving? And so that's why, um, you know, I feel like there's uh, the three questions when you're trying to figure out your why um, are who are, you know, who am I serving is number one. 
Um, what am I good at? What am I naturally, what is, what has God gifted me intrinsically? And then what is the world asking of me? So what is the job that only I mm. can do that maybe nobody else can do? Because we're all unique based on our, our, our past, our history, our experiences, our temperament, um, you know, our, our family background, our resources. Like we all have a unique mix and a unique blend. Um, so there's some things that I'm going to be able to do that nobody else in the world can do. Um, mm. and, and the specific context of how that applied is really where the work begins. Um, so that, that's a little yeah. bit. Of, uh, that's massive. So reading through some of your stuff, you, you mentioned a lot of different people and quote a lot of different people, but three people kind of stuck out to me that I thought was interesting that you mentioned. You talk about Martin Luther King Jr. Everybody knows who he is. You talk about Abraham Lincoln a little bit and reference him and you use some quotes from Jordan Peterson. And I thought those are three very different people. Um, and I'm curious kind of why you have those three different people. What do you think kind of maybe is unique about their contribution to your process? And maybe if there's any similarities between them in your mind. Yeah, I think there's three people from three different eras, yep. um, you know, of, of history. They're in very, very different contexts. Mm -hmm. uh, one's a, a world renowned, very controversial, but world renowned psychologist, you know, Martin Luther King, everyone knows, you know, his, his incredible leadership in the civil rights movement. And then, you know, Abraham Lincoln, one of the founders of our country, um, you know, in, in so many ways as he navigated some of the biggest, um, you know, potential pitfalls for, you know, what we have, what we understand in our, as a, to be our country today. So hmm. three different people from different, um, you know, areas of history and tackling different challenges and come at things from different perspectives. But I think they all found purpose in what they were doing and they understood that life um, is about is about cultivating meaning through purposeful engagement um, you know with what they were uniquely and specifically called to do or the problems that they were specifically and uniquely called to tackle um, at at that moment in history um, you know, based on their experiences and their skill sets and, you know, the opportunities that God had given them. Um, so that's really the, like a big idea of why I love all of them. I thought, I think they are all understood um, that meaning is a byproduct of pursuing purpose and mm -hmm. all of them in unique ways. That doesn't mean that they were happy all the time, but just right. as, um, you know, if you want to draw the distinction between joy and happiness, happiness, um, happiness is something, in my opinion, that can be more short-term focused, uh, similar to how we talked about the transaction versus the transformation, um, you know, distinction earlier. But, uh, you know, it can be a, uh, a meaning comes from you know the the pursuit of purpose and joy uh comes from the pursuit of purpose in the same way that happiness is something that maybe i go and i do something in it and i'm happy because i gained something or is there an, ex an experience that um you know satisfied one of my desires but joy is something that is a result or a product of aiming in the right direction and then pursuing that aim. And that doesn't mean that every single moment is going to be full of, 
um, you know, happiness and, and, and good feelings and all that kind of stuff. I think there's a, a really important distinction there. Yeah. Yeah. I think you said um, purpose tells a story about two things. It provides meaning about who we are and it tells us where to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, do you want to expand on that anymore? <laughs> Like, how does it tell us where to go? Because you're asking those questions about what does the world need for me and things like that. Is that kind of what you're thinking there? Yeah. So I think that there, um, a life well lived is a life that has an aim and a direction. Mm. And if you don't think about your purpose, then you're not going to think about where you're going. And if you don't think about where you're going, then you're going to end up in a place you don't want to be. So it's kind of like this intentionality. So I mentioned earlier, my three core values personally are purpose, humility, and toughness. And purpose, if I were to make that a verb um, or an action, would be to live with intention. Mm. Um, and gotcha. so living with intention implies that you have an idea of where you're going and how you want to get there. And if you don't think about purpose, I think it can be difficult um, to really uh, pick pick the right direction, honestly, because mm. we all go in, we can all go in different directions, but are we going in the right direction? And I don't mean that in a sense that it's limiting in the sense that I got to, you know, if I pick door A, then, you know, and I was supposed to walk through door B, then things aren't going to work out for me. I, I don't think that's how reality works. I think it's more about, am I, am I going East or am I going West? Am I going to follow purpose in terms of like what I am uniquely called to do, or am I going to, you know, am I just going to blindly follow um, maybe personal ambition or, um, you know, definition of success, you know, in terms of external validation, all that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Uh, so that's kind of how I would draw that. So it's almost like I'm thinking like a lot of people maybe, or me and myself, sometimes we just sort of, it's like we see our life as like a series of doors we knock on and see which ones open. But you're kind of talking a little bit about like, yeah, there's doors and opportunities, but are you going towards the doors on the West or the East? Like what's the general direction we're moving as we're looking at opportunities? Does that make sense? Is that, I think it's a good, I think it's a good way to frame it. I, I love uh, when you think, when thinking about purpose, the difference between the archeologist and the architect, right? Mm -hmm. So, the archaeologist is somebody who's digging in the dirt. It's somebody, and this is a, a common misconception when it comes to purpose, that you're going to have a, a moment or uh, an illumination uh, where it's just like, bang, you know, like wake up one day, finally found my purpose. And I don't, I don't want to say that that never happens, but I would say that the vast majority of people um, should focus on trying to be the architect. The architect, they, they take bits and pieces of what they understand about themselves, what the world, what, what, what context in the world they live and operate in. And then also, what are they, what are you naturally gifted at? Um, and right. they start to build pieces of their purpose um, into a structure, going back to the idea of systems. And, and, you know, and that structure, you don't know what the end result of that structure is going to look like exactly. Right. I, I don't know what, you know, exactly where 
you know, my purpose is going to take me in five years and 10 years and in 15, 20 years. But as I put those pieces of the, you know, uh, of the puzzle together, just as an architect would, you know, he draw a blueprint, you know, and it's almost like the purpose driven leader is kind of like this blueprint. Um, and it helps you start to begin that process of putting those pieces together. And then the specific right. context around which, you know, those, you know, that, that building process is applied, that can look different for different people. Um, sure. but, but I think you, it goes back to this idea. It's not going to be a revelation for most people where I wake up and it's like, bang, okay, I'm going sure. to, you know, do X. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. I think there is, there's a little bit though of discovery. And I think I'll quote Jordan Peterson on this. Cause you quote him and you say, meaning is something that come, um, that comes upon you of its own accord. You cannot, you can set up the preconditions. You can follow meaning when it manifests itself, but you cannot simply produce it as an act of the will. So that sort of gives us an idea of a little bit more of like, it is sort of like a light bulb moment that Jordan Peterson is talking about. You do set up the preconditions for it. You do kind of set up the structure for it, but it's not, you can't create meaning out of thin air. You know, it is something that's sort of, you set up the preconditions, you pursue it. And I think it's a little bit of discovery, a little bit of building. Is that, is that something you agree Absolutely. with or what do you think? No, I, I think you're right on. I think the idea, the archeologist, when I use that, um, that image in my mind is that it's a single discovery of, you know, a hidden treasure or right. something like that. Right. And it's a one-time thing that never occurs again. Hmm. What I think you're you're referencing in that quote is that meaning ensues that you set up the the right precondition for meaning and joy you know to flourish um and that it comes upon you of its own accord as you're pursuing the right aims in the right direction and that right. this is a, a process that happens over and over and over and over and over again because yeah. you know we're not static people we're i mean just all of the all of the research uh, on brain plasticity and your ability to learn and, and how much we change, you know, even well, well, well into our later years, you know, you're not going to be the same person you were today as you are in five years. Um, and so meaning is going to come upon you in different ways, but it only is going to happen if you're intentional about that process. And that goes back to something that I think is so, so important is that you have to you have to go through the process of setting up the right preconditions so that you can live a life of meaning that is directed towards the right aims and that that process is never going to stop um you know and that might sound a little bit intimidating to people but we're constantly in a process of becoming yeah um who we're created to be and that that, that won't ever stop yeah i'm reminded of where it says in the bible i forgot where now that i'm thinking of it um God has put eternity in our hearts in the hearts of man. And I think when I think about this, you're saying like, this is a continuous endless process. Well, I think that's because we have something like a drive within us that is like wants to grasp at something eternal, something infinite. Like we're almost kind of wired for, for legacy and for significant impact. Like, like why does Martin Luther King willing, why is he willing to die for that vision? Because he believed in a vision that exceeded the value of short-term benefits in his own life. 
you know, because obviously it would have been probably better for him to pursue a different path if he was concerned with short-term benefits. But he had this benefit and vision that expanded after he died, it would be a good place, a better place. You know what I mean? And I think with us, like, we don't just want to, um, we always want more, you know what I mean? And that can be good or bad. Like we can always want more money or we can always want to make an even better impact or positive influence or have an even better legacy. Like that, that continuous, almost like meaning is something we eat, you know, like the Bible says, like the man doesn't live on bread alone. Well, I think we live on meaning and purpose as well. You know, significance. We live off of ideas that are infinite in their significance and value, you know? Um, Well, I totally agree with you. I think there's, um, I think for those of us who are, you know, trying to follow Jesus and believe, um, you know, in the Christian faith that we are all created in the image of God, when we have these desires, um, you know, they're, they're put in us and they're, they're a part of our natural wiring because, you know, God from God wired us to create, he wired us to create things, Mm -hmm. to take things that are good and make them better. um, And that that process would be an endless process of refinement. I mean, you know, I mean, he, Paul Paul talks about work out your faith with fear and trembling. Mm -hmm. I mean, what does that mean? That means that like the process of, you know, becoming who you're created to be is never going to stop. Um, and that the desire to do more um, and to continue that process is a really good thing. Now, when now on the flip side, you can make when you make good things into ultimate things. That's when they become idols, right? Yeah. And that's when they become those those idols. You know, they take the place. You know, C.S. Lewis talks about being like disordered loves, right? So we we have all yeah. these things we love in our life, and they're yeah. all good things. But the way and the hierarchy in which we love them has to be ordered in the correct way and what you're talking about this desire this um to continue to pursue and keep mm-hmm. on pushing and create um is such a healthy thing it's, and it it's not unique to christianity I would absolutely say. not it's absolutely. not unique at all i think it's unique to human beings <laughs> absolutely absolutely and it's and it's 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 how we make progress right it's it's how we become yeah. better it's it's it has all of these unbelievable benefits um, on the flip side, if you don't understand your, if you don't have security or, or you're not firmly grounded or rooted in your purpose, then you can easily become discontent because you just start to fall into the comparison trap where, mm-hmm. okay, I'm sure. going to compare my salary to that guy's salary. And in college coaching, everyone knows how much everyone makes, you know, because you're at, you know, you're at this program, I'm on that program and in X, Y, and Z. And that's just hard. Like it's hard because on one hand you're, you're really, you know, you're ambitious and you want to be successful and all that kind of stuff, but it has to be counterbalanced by this other stuff. Uh, this, this purpose that we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking at something else you've said, you said, um, talk about vision. When you say that, you say, what is my hope for the future? Um, and then you talk about convictions what do I believe in regardless of circumstances? And then legacy, what do I want to be known for? Um, I'm wondering if maybe we could wrap up a little bit with you maybe talking about those three things 
you know, in general or, or specific to you, you know, what is my hope for the future? Yeah. What are your thoughts there? It's good. Um, yeah. So, I mean, really the purpose driven leader has three parts to it. it, it, you know, to building kind of like a, your own identity document, your own purpose statement, kind of giving you that system or that foundation of belief. And it, the first part is just finding your why. And those are, we discussed those questions earlier. The second part is building your what. Um, so these are what I would call the pillars of purpose. Um, the first part is called the story of purpose. So um, the pillars of purpose are really about your core values. It's building your what. So your why and then your what. And I think your what helping you to, to build what, man, what are those core values that are really important to me? What are the things that I want to define my life and my leadership um, that are going to help uh, define me as a leader, um, define me as a person, as a man or as a woman, um, and really uh, help me to give me that solid foundation. And I, I just think those three categories, vision, conviction, and legacy are um, are just great, a great launching pad for you to try and clarify and filter some of the things that are most important to you. Cause you know, you can choose a million different things. Um, but I think when you think in those categories, then it helps you to kind of clarify, man, what are, what are the real values that I want to stand for? Because you can't stand for all of them. Like you, you you might believe in all of them. Like uh, would any, you know, I don't think so, you know, for example, um, you know, uh, generosity is not one of my core values. It's a part of, you know, of of some of my core values. It's tied in, but it's not one of my top three, right? Well, why is that? Well, it's just, it's nothing against generosity. I believe in being generous. You know, I think that's a huge, hugely important part of life, you know, but it falls underneath the category of what I believe to be a more important truth, at least for how I'm wired and how I see the world. And so um, those are kind of like, those are kind of categories to help um, vision, conviction, and legacy um, help you think along those lines. Yeah, totally. Like God, we weren't, we weren't created like a chameleon where we can look and our eyes can go in two different directions at once. We tend to look at, get, we need both our eyes looking at the same thing in order to hit it you know? And so I think simplifying and not picking like 15 different things is helpful for us. Cause it's just, it's not how our brain is really wired to work. I don't think to try to, you know, keep 20 things at equal level of significance all at once. It's crazy. So um, let's see here. So what, what advice do you have for maybe young coaches? Obviously you might advise, Hey, you should do my <laughs> program or read my thing, but you know, um, what, what would the next, what do you think is a good step for a young coach that's listening to this conversation? It, it's pretty abstract. Um, how do we make it practical for those guys that are wanting or, gr- or girls that are wanting to um, take some practical steps as it relates to leadership and philosophy in the ways that we've been talking? Yeah, I would say you're never too young to start developing your own philosophy of mm-hmm. leadership and coaching and, and what are you really, what are your convictions? Mm-hmm. Um, because I just can't imagine a better investment of time that will reap more um, that will reap more dividends over the course of a career than doing the hard work of investing in who you are, who am I, what do I believe mm-hmm. in, what do I believe in, and then how does that apply to my daily life? 
So finding your why, your what, and then you living your how. So really, you know, at the end of the day, what you believe is only as important as it, as it relates to what you do. And what you do is always going to be determined by what you believe and how deeply you hold those convictions, if that makes sense. So um, I, I just think that, man, this is like, a, this is a process that I'm, I've been in one way or another been thinking about for eight plus years, um, you know, even back to my time in college in, in different ways. And I'm still working out, you know, the kinks and I'm still, man, adding pieces, subtracting pieces. I, I think I have a fairly firm grasp of kind of who I am right now. Um, but I also, I've done the work to get to this point. And I just think it, it's just so, in, it's, it, it's invaluable to start that process now um, and, to, and to continue to refine it. Uh, because I think there's so many times, you know, w- when I've been in interviews in the past, you know, um, one of the things that I'll say, you know, to the guy or, or program that I'm interviewing with is, my my goal is to think like a head coach and but work like an assistant coach mm-hmm. um you know because the head coach has has to be responsible for man every you know big picture direction um understanding of you know clarity of purpose who we are what are we doing how are we going to do it like the big big stuff that's so important in running a program and, and helping provide context for uh, development and growth. Um, and even if you're not in that position currently, you need to start thinking that way um, and start to do those mental exercises because once you, you know, once you find yourself in that position, it's almost like you're going to be caught with your pants down if you haven't been doing the work ahead of time. Right. Because now you, and that's when you get into the, the dangerous game of, well, oh, that looks good. Let me borrow that. Or that looks good. Let me borrow that. And before you know it, you're just throwing darts at a dartboard and you have no idea what you're really doing. And you don't have any conviction about it anyway, because it's not your work. And so mm-hmm. I, I think that that's, that would be my number one piece of advice as it relates to this stuff is just start doing the work now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for example, like I've over the years, I've talked about my three core values. I've talked about my purpose statement. I have seven core behaviors. And then I have probably 20 to 25 different convictions, coaching convictions, you know, that I've written down and refined and tweaked and, and done different stuff with over the years that I want to kind of become my own, uh, I call them little culture codes, right? Like stuff that just, um, you know, talks about the type of, you know, environment that I want to create, that I want to be about, that I want, you know, to help our players um, with. And, and really, uh, you know, those are, those are things that I've, I, like, I've been engaged in that process, I guess is my point for a long yeah. time. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'll, I'll definitely put your links in the, in the show notes, but why don't you share one more time kind of how people can connect with you and, and um, connect with some of your resources? Yeah. So, you know, my, um, the, the primary place in which I kind of post my thoughts and resources for coaches and leaders is just a rate hoops.com. And that's a R E T E H O O P S.com. And the is just the, it's just a Greek word. It sounds a little bit weird. Nobody really knows how to pronounce it, but I, I think it's, uh, cause it's unique. It can be memorable. Um, 
you know, it's just a Greek word for what they called virtue and what we translate as excellence. And all that is, all that means is just uh, figuring out the daily habits and commitments that you need um, to really live a life of purpose and to, um, to move towards your direction or your aim, whatever that might be. Um, and, and I think that anybody who finds himself on that journey um, will find some, some helpful stuff uh, on the website. And then I'll, uh, you know, any, any coach or leader that has um, questions about, man, how do I, uh, how do I live out my purpose with my team? What does it look like to build a program philosophy or um, a, a, a team culture? We haven't talked a ton about culture in these, in these two podcasts. Mm-hmm. This has more been about um, self-directed, self-driven leadership. Um, but really, how does that extend, you know, to leading other people? How can I help others, you know, find and, and build their purpose? Um, any of that stuff, you know, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I'll give you my email address, but it's quinn.mcdowell at aretehoops.com. Awesome. Well, this was very enlightening and, and definitely a conversation that um, went pretty deep and took some twists and turns. But man, I really think there's a lot of um, good nuggets and, and gold to be dug up. So if you listen to this, I would recommend listen to it to, again, maybe grab a, grab a notepad, take some notes because... Um, Quinn shared some really great stuff. I'll probably be doing that. So once again, Quinn, thanks for coming on and um, we appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Quinn did an amazing job, um, which is no surprise. I'm looking forward to potentially reading his book and I recommend that you check out our show notes where you can see links to Quinn's uh, website and his book there. So until next time, keep coaching with purpose.